was chosen by God. He was given supernatural strength and power, which he used and abused. He stood up for his people. However, he made many bad choices. Samson! <laughs> All the ladies must be so intimidated now. What is going on? <laughs> this message is also for you, all the ladies in the house, but the main character of our message is a very strong man with a very weak will. Before we dive into the message topic called Failing Forward, I must tell you I am super excited that we will have baptisms today. In about 30 minutes, we're going to jump, not we all, but some of all of us already have been baptized, but at least four of us in the room, sitting here in the front, will dive into that pool and will make a public declaration that Jesus Christ is their Lord and they will follow him all of their life. And I'm so excited about that. Let's give them already a big hand because that is a courageous decision, but the best decision you can ever take. Maybe you're here in this room and you don't know about this Jesus or you have been thinking about him. During my message, you still can think of if you want to get baptized. If you think you should be today one of the people that also on top of the four people should be baptized, then please go to our MC, to Jorge, our wonderful Chilean guy who was just doing, giving you the information. You can go to him afterwards and he will show you how everything works. All right? Cool. Samson. Failing forward. So basically today is going to be the topic, what do I do if I think I've messed it all up? My life has been a failure or the, at least the couple of last years I think I'm going into the wrong direction. What can you do? To give you a little bit of the backstory, because we are ending this series, it's the fourth part, and if you haven't been coming in the last weeks, I want to give you a little bit of the backstory of this, of this frustrating character called Samson. Samson, he was living during the times of the Old Testament, during the times of the judges, where the people of Israel had judges, they had leaders, and Samson was called divine by a divine appointment from birth to be one of the judges. He was not allowed to cut his hair because that was the power of his supernatural strength. He was not allowed to drink alcohol, no cocktails, no caipirinhas, nothing. He was not allowed to... Um, to touch anything unclean or dead. And he was also not allowed, as every other of the people of Israel, to be in touch or to be together with a woman from another tribe. And during the last couple of weeks, we were seeing that he broke basically all of his vows, all of the promises he took. We don't know if Samson, um, we were discussing that during the last weeks, if he was looking like a Mr. Universe, like this ripping a line apart with his, just with his hands which he did, or if he was a little bit more, uh, his supernatural power was a little bit more a top secret, like Asterix, you know, and when he drinks this drink, the supernatural magic drink, he gets his supernatural power. We don't know, but um, I think he was something in between, but what we knew and what we saw during the last weeks, he was an incredible strong man. I mean, what all he did, he killed a thousand men, uh, soldiers, with a jawbone of a donkey. He killed so many people just with his hands. He was an incredible strong man, 
with a dangerously weak will. As I just said, he basically broke all of his vows, all of his promises. And last week we were seeing that Samson didn't ruin his life all at once. He was ruining his life step by step. And if you have been here last week, I was going down from stage, going towards Gaza. Uh, Gaza was the capital of the enemy of the Philistines. And he was going towards Gaza into the enemy's cap capital and he was there sleeping with a prostitute. And we were discovering that Samson was taking 56,250 steps, approximately 40 kilometers. So he was not ruining his life all at once, he was taking step by step. And that's exactly the same way how we can mess up our lives, step by step by step. I was telling you, I think you have to know what your Gaza is. You have to know where your weakness is. And I was just sharing with you guys, for example, when I go to the movies, I like action movies, and every good action Hollywood movie obviously also has a sex scene. So what I do, because I don't want to see stuff I should not see, is I, I just close my eyes and then uh, I look again afterwards. A friend of mine, he just told me, he, is, uh, he got rid of his smartphone because he is struggling with, um, with, uh, with, uh, with, um, with internet. So, and he said, I cannot deal with the internet because it leads me to spaces and to places where I don't want to go. So I got rid of my smartphone and I have one of these old, very old ancient phones that you think they don't exist anymore, but they still exist. <laughs> so you might think this is... This is so weak, you know, can you, not, can you not even deal with the, can you not even deal with a smartphone? I actually think this is very strong. I think that is a strong statement to understand I have weaknesses, to know about my weaknesses and then do everything I can to turn around and go into the right direction. I think that is a strong thing. Samson, unfortunately, didn't do that. He was walking towards Gaza. He was sleeping with that prostitute and now we find him. Um, as a prisoner of the, of the enemy of the Philistines. And you see him, and I brought you a little bit of a picture, it's a famous picture that someone drew. He might have looked like this. The, the enemy, the Philistines, they gouged out his eyes. He had hollowed eyes. He was in prison. He was, he was there uh, circling his rounds, grinding corn, and that was his task. Can you imagine? the most powerful man in Israel, the leader of the nation, just because of his wrong steps, ended up like a nobody. So humiliating. So what, in, what do you do when you know you've blown it? You messed up. You wasted years of your life. You said things you shouldn't have said. You had thoughts you shouldn't have thought. You did stuff you shouldn't have done and you didn't do stuff where God created you to do for, but you didn't do it. What do you do with that? How do you react? How do you, how do you, how do you deal with that mess? How do you do with your own, how do you deal with your own Gaza? What do you do? And here's an important truth I want, I want you to really go home with because we all fail. We are all sinners. The Bible says that we are all sinners. We all fall short of the, of, uh, of the, of, we mess up. But we have to understand that failure is not a person. Failure is an event. 
Failure is an event and failure is never a person. So you might messed it up, you might have failed, yes. But the difference is, and maybe you've heard that before in church, but it's, it's such a profound truth. I, I really want to think that in failure is always an event. Failure is never a person. In God's eyes, you are not a failure. In God's eyes, you are called to be victorious. And yes, you might mess it up. Yes, you might fail. Yes, you might make the wrong directions. Yes, you might walk so far away from God with all of you are doing, what you are thinking, what you are saying, whatever. You're walking towards Gaza, but this is all part of your schedule, part of your life, and it's always an event. It's never a person. In God's eyes, you are not a failure. You're called to succeed. You're called to be victorious. You are loved. And that is such a big difference. We will see now, when we dive into the message, into the, into the story, when a man is down, he is not out. Even though a man is down, even you might, you might have failed, you are never out in God's eyes. God can still accomplish his purposes through you. He can still use you. He can still, if you turn around, he can still use your life. And that's such a good message. Judges 16, 16 verse 23 says, Now the rulers of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to celebrate, saying, Our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. So they were standing in that temple with all kinds of pillars. Brought you two of those pillars, where we will see later on what Samson will do with these amazing strong pillars here. <laughs> so they were worshiping Dagon. Dagon was the, the god of the harvest. The Philistines were worshiping, and he looked like he had a man's head, but he had some sort of a fish body. It's actually a little bit of a wrong picture, but when I googled Dagon, this is the only thing that came out. But he was a, kind of like a man-fish god. So they were saying, dear man-fish god Dagon, I'm so thankful that you took, gave Samson into our hands. This is the scenery. They were about approximately between three and 5,000 people in that temple sitting there right now. And they were all the important people. All the rulers of the country came together in this temple. And they were worshiping this God and they were celebrating that he took, he gave Samson into their hands. And when the people saw him, Samson, we read, continue to read, they praised their God, saying, Our God has delivered our enemy into our hands, the one who laid waste our land and multiplied our slain. While they were in high spirits, it said, they shouted, Bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison, and he performed for them. It doesn't get any lower than this. Can you imagine the leader, the ruler of the nation of Israel, Gout out eyes, you saw the picture. And now he should entertain the people that were in high spirits and, 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 and worshiping the wrong God. He must have fear, felt like a, a total failure. He must have felt when he was coming in there, I messed it up. There's no plan for me anymore. What do I do? And we all deal with these issues. We all deal with these emotions. And there's actually two responses to failure. The natural response to failure is remorse. The natural response to failure is remorse, but the better response is repentance. I want to explain you a little bit what what is. Remorse means 
you feel bad, you have a bad conscience, and you are staying with that emotion. You feel bad because you've messed it up. And yes, that maybe might be a good beginning that you actually have a bad conscience of what you did, where you failed, where you messed something up. But if you stay there, it's, and that is the natural response, then you are staying in remorse. There's inward remorse, and that means you think, I've messed it up, I'm such a failure. God, you shouldn't have called me to begin with. There was this calling on my life, but now I messed it up, and you have your pity party, and you are standing in your own emotions, and you feel like a total failure. There's also outward remorse. Outward remorse means other ones are guilty. Delilah with their chaka 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 dance. They tempted me so hard. She tempted me so hard with her dancing and then her nagging, you know, give me the secret of your superpower. We were seeing that last week. So I had to give in and it's her fault, not my fault. That's outward remorse. Someone else is guilty, but not you. But you stay in that emotion, you still feel like a failure. The better response is repentance. Repentance means, yes, I've messed it up, but I'm sorry, God. It's my fault. God, you entrusted me with that calling. I've messed it up. Yes, I flew it. I didn't take your vows seriously. I did the stuff I shouldn't have done. But now I want to turn around and I want to help. I want to ask you that you help me and give me the power to act differently next time. Repentance means you feel sorry, you have that emotion, yes, but then you turn around and then you do differently. As the guy that I've just talked to you about, he was getting rid of his smartphone because he knew this is one of his struggles, one of his temptations. And now he's turning around asking for forgiveness and he's acting towards freedom without a smartphone. He still, he still cannot do phone calls, by the way. We all do things that we can't undo, but we always can repent. You cannot unsin when you messed up, but you can repent. And this is the good news. You cannot unsleep with the person you slept with, but you can repent. You cannot unsay the words you have said, but you can repent. You cannot unthink the thoughts that you were thinking, but you can repent. You cannot undo the bad deal you did, the lying to the person, the whatever, but you can repent and act differently next time and ask for forgiveness. Remorse is looking backward, but repentance is looking forward and moving forward. Samson remembers in this very moment where he is brought into the temple, there was a calling on his life. And now we will see how he will repent. He was... I have the feeling when I, when I read the story, he was thinking, I cannot undo the things I have done, but now I can change my future. For the very first time, when we just, what we are just about to read is, we will see Samson realizing it's not about him anymore. It's not about his kick. It's not about his pride. It's not about his emotions. It's not about his lust. Now he is turning away from all of that and he is asking God for forgiveness and he is asking God to put him in the first place and give him one more time a supernatural power. When they stood him among the pillars, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple so that, that I may lean against them. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, O sovereign Lord, remember me. O God, please strengthen me one more time, just once more. Can you imagine 
how some Samson must have felt, standing there in between these pillars and asking God and saying, God, yeah, I've messed it up with his eyes gouged out. I ruined my life. I'm here now. The, but give me one more time, just once more, your power. I don't know where you're at. Maybe your pillars are not that high. Your pillars are not that strong. Maybe your steps were not that far away. Maybe you're not about to die, what we will see but with Samson. But maybe you messed up as well. We all mess up. We are all sinners. We are all sitting in the same boat. Let me tell you, you can always repent. And you can always ask one more time, God, give me one more time. Your power, your forgiveness, your grace, your love, your peace, your mercy, your strength to act different. If we repent and turn back to God, then we will see what Samson will, is about to experience, even in our failures. Even in our failures, God can still accomplish his purposes. Even though we mess up, even though we may fail, God can still accomplish his calling on our lives. And this is such good news. Maybe you've messed it up, maybe you went into the wrong direction, but God can still use you. Do you believe that? That is actually good news. What was Samson's purpose? Samson's purpose was to deliver God's people out of the oppressing hands of the enemy of the Philistines, to kill and destroy the Philistines. Let's see in a short video out of the Bible series. I can highly recommend that series. It's a great series in a Hollywood type of style. And there's Samson, the story as well. Let's see what Samson is about to experience now. I'm weak. Turn me against something. Lord. Lord. If I am yours, remember me now. Strengthen me once more. Your God has abandoned you, Samson. You are the man who took away my eyes. I am glad of it, for the darkness helps me think. Your God has deserted you and taken your strength with him. No, I can see him more clearly than ever. He wants me to destroy you all! It's over, Samson!
Wow. Dramatic scene. Give me your strength just one more time. Just once more. Then Samson reached toward the two central, central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might, and down came the temple and the rulers, on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than while he lived. Even in our failures, God can still use you. If you're not dead, you're not out. I don't know what pillars in life you have. I don't know what wrong pillars you have in your life. Maybe thoughts about yourself, you know, where you think you have a weak identity, you are proclaiming bad stuff, lies about yourself, and you've built pillars around these lies, and they try to hold you. That inferior feeling tries to hold you in your life, that tries to give you security, but actually it traps you down. You are in the wrong temple, worshiping the wrong God. Maybe you are in debt, and you cannot deal with money, and and, and, and buying more stuff and, and buying more and more stuff tries to satisfy you and gives you a, a, a feeling of I am somebody and on this, through this depth, through this buying stuff, you build pillars that should hold you but actually they destroy you. They trap you. They are not your design. Maybe you're dealing with Lust, you don't know where to look your eyes, where to look at. And though it's supposed to give you a kick, a great feeling to go on that web page, to flirt with that woman, to do whatever you think you do with a man or a woman, and that should actually hold you and give you stability and security and a good feeling, but it is destroying your life. It actually is the wrong temple you're worshiping in. What is your pillars? I think it's time to push some pillars down. As Samson was pushing pillars down. What are the pillars in your life? I don't know what, what your pillars are, your wrong pillars. But what are your pillars and what are you, what, what, should you, what pillars should you push down right now in this moment? And how are you going to do it? Maybe it's time to give your smartphone away. Maybe it is time to go home and speak with your wife. Maybe it's time to go tomorrow to work and talk with your boss. Maybe it is time to do whatever you think you do to turn around and push these pillars down. Proverbs 24 verse 16 says, even when a man is down, even when we fail, we fail seven times, but a righteous man stands up again. Where do you feel pushed down? Where do you feel inferior? Where do you feel you failed? You've messed it all up. I think it's time to push some pillars down. I want to give you a little moment of silence where, while the band is playing and ask yourself, what pillars do you want to push down tonight? And how are you going to do it? I think it needs courage. It takes courage to, 
turn around to repent, ask for forgiveness, and then actually do differently. Dealing with that conflict, asking for forgiveness to that person, being honest, that is true repentance. That is pushing pillars down. I want to invite your Holy Spirit in this moment of silence that you speak to us right now. Speak to me. Speak to me where I built my house, my life on wrong pillars and I was worshiping the wrong God. I was standing in the wrong temple. I find myself in Gaza. I find myself on the wrong trap in the wrong moment, in the wrong situations, in the wrong building. Speak to me, Holy Spirit, and show me what these pillars are in my life. Let's just take a moment of silence. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. I have a feeling there is a woman here and uh, as a child you were, uh, you um, fell into a swimming pool and you were about to drown and then um, someone rescued you but you are afraid of water ever since then and uh, you're just afraid and this feeling afraid, this um, avoiding different situations, going into a swimming pool or avoiding um, uh, masses of people, all of that stuff, this being afraid, this fear is your pillars and I think God wants to tell you tonight push these pillars down get rid of this fear it's written in the Bible his love drives out every fear his perfect love drives out all fear God is here with his love and before I want us to proclaim an awesome truth over our lives that Paul did say I want us all to stand up and let's pray and, 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 and um, push these pillars down. Why don't we all stand up? We are entering a time of worship now and um, let's push these pillars down. Push these pillars down. I thank you, Jesus. You are here. You are here with me. You are here to forgive. Your arms are wide open and I want to turn away now. I want to turn around. I want to repent and I want to say, please forgive me. Please forgive me for saying the wrong things. Please forgive me for thinking the wrong thoughts. Please forgive me for doing the wrong things. Please forgive me for being in Gaza. I want to push these pillars down. I want to repent. I want to be with you, Jesus. I want to turn around and I want to act differently. I want to do whatever it takes to follow you, Jesus. Please give me your strength one more. Come with, come Holy Spirit, strengthen me one more time. Give me the strength to turn around. Let's all proclaim Romans 8. There's this awesome Bible verse that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And during that, imagine what your pillars are. 
Let's shout these moments out and then I will push these pillars down and imagine that you are doing this right now. Are you with me? Are you with me to proclaim the truth of God? Are you with me to push your pillars down with this truth? So let's say it now. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's worship and let's push these pillars down. Let's push them down. Push it down. Come on. Raise your hands. Worship Jesus. Push your pillars down. Worship Him. Repent and turn around. He's there with His forgiveness.